Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. As followers of Jesus Christ, we live in a culture that is increasingly confusing and hostile to biblical truth. And that's particularly so here in the United States of America. Up until a few years ago, we lived in what I would call a protective bubble. Our culture at large was was friendly toward uh, the biblical principles, and and there was a, uh, a sort of a, a tendency to protect that. And we, as as the Church of Jesus Christ, had it pretty easy. But those days are behind us if we're speaking reality. This culture is becoming more and more hostile to biblical truth. It is a place where right is called wrong, and wrong is called right, and is even celebrated. And, and that's to be expected of unbelievers. You know, uh, we sinner sin, and uh, we're all sinners, but some of us are forgiven sinners, and I'm thankful for that. But, uh, but uh, you can expect those kinds of things out of unbelievers. But even people who say that they're Christ followers are buying into the direction of culture. Some of them, I believe, through ignorance of biblical truth. They haven't been well taught, and they're just ignorant of what the truth is. But then others who call themselves Christ followers are buying into culture through willful rejection of biblical truth. They're willing to turn a blind eye to the Scriptures and to what it teaches because it's easier. They won't suffer uh, being ostracized or even persecuted. And if when we look at the picture around us, we take a good, hard look at what is happening, it seems like evil is winning and people are getting away with it. Well, that can be pretty discouraging. And, and people who know me well and who have worked with me know that I am a glass half full guy. I'm an optimist almost to a fault. And, and uh, so when I say this, it sounds really pessimistic, but we've got to face reality. But as always, I want to say this again, as always, God's Word speaks to our situation and even the situation that I have just described. As a matter of fact, it is addressed directly in Psalm chapter 73. In Psalm 73, verse 1, the Scripture says, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Now, I want you to understand that this psalm is a song of Asaph. He was a Levite who led choirs in the temple back in the day. And, of course, they're talking to Israel. But notice that second part, because that second part is really important. It identifies us today, and it is this, to those who are pure in heart. Now Jesus said in the in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. What he means and what he was saying there is not to somebody that lives perfectly and is perfectly pure in re, in in uh, practic, practical living, but the pure in heart are those that have trusted Jesus Christ, been forgiven of their sins, have the righteousness of Christ applied to them. And so the scriptures here are saying God is good to those who love him. And, and that is a foundational truth that we have to begin uh, with, and that is exactly what this psalm here is beginning with. God is good to those that love Him. 
But look at verse 2, and it says, But as for me, as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. Uh, here we are, uh, acknowledging the fact, this, this psalmist is acknowledging the fact that, that he has just about lost perspective. He is, it's easy to lose perspective, to get confused and to get discouraged in a culture like this. And he goes on. He goes on to describe what he's talking about in verses 3 through 5. Listen, it says, For I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. There are no pains in their death, and their body is fat or fat and sleek. And that was a way of saying they, they had it good. And then verse four says, uh, verse five rather says, they are not in trouble as other men, or they do not face the troubles of other ma- of of other men mankind, nor are they plagued like mankind. It says, and so here he's saying uh, uh, we can look and we can look around us and see that the wicked people that that hate God or that are away from God or that are not following God's way, we can see that they're prospering. And and the implication there is versus the struggle of the righteous. The righteous over here are struggling and maybe not doing so well in many cases, but but we look at the wicked and it seems like everything is just paved for them. They're just going down a golden road. It seems like it, it's, it's really going great for them, but he doesn't stop there. He goes on in verses 6 to 12 to say that these people that are prospering are, are uh, uh, apparently... It seems like that they are apparently unchecked in their arrogant rebellion. Listen to what verse 6 says. Therefore, pride is their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. Does that... Does that um Describes some of the things we see on television in our culture today with uh, some of these violent, uh, uh, violent um, rebellions that we're seeing out on the street. Uh, their, their garment of violence covers them. Their eye bulges from fatness, and, and the imaginations of their heart run riot. The nasty thoughts of their heart just run riot. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They speak from on high, from a high place. You know, we're, we're the right ones. They have set their mouth against the heavens. I mean, right against God. And their tongue parades through the earth. Therefore, His people return to this place and waters of abundance are drunk by them. In other words, people are drinking in what they say and are accepting it readily and quickly. They say, how does God know? And is there knowledge with the Most High? Is He really around? Behold, these are the wicked and always at ease. They have increased in in wealth. Oh my goodness. They have increased in wealth. He says their 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 heart is is wicked and their ways are wicked and they are just an open rebellion and they're and basically they're saying if there is a God they're calling God a liar or they're saying God really didn't say that. That's what we're looking at in common culture. When I look around and I see how people live and. And I, I see how people are obviously going against what God says, how, how they uh, uh, live a lifestyle that's contrary to the Word of God. And again, sinners are going to do that, sinners sin, but then flaunting it, flaunting it, being proud of it, celebrating it. And it's easy for people of God to fall right in with them. And we see, see that happening a, a lot.
But verse in verses 13 to 16, it seems that by comparison, it seems futile to follow biblical truth. Listen to what he says in verse 13. Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence, for I have been stricken all day long and chastened every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. When I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. So the psalmist is saying, man, it seems like it's it's just futile to follow biblical truth. When I think about this, it, it really bothers me, but I'm glad the psalm doesn't stop there. I'm glad biblical truth doesn't stop there. Listen to what verses 17 to 20 say, and, and I would say this, Here we say, enter a dose of God's reality. Listen very carefully. It seems like the wicked are prospering and doing well, and and they're unchecked in their willful rebellion against God and against God's people. And it seems like we are struggling, and, and it's futile to follow God's way. It seems that way. But here is a dose of, dose of God's reality in verse 17. He says, It was troublesome in my, in my sight until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. He says, When I really got down in the presence of God and started seeing things from God's perspective, I perceived, I realized their end. Surely you have set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment. They are utterly swept away by sudden terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, when aroused, you will despise their image. Oh my goodness, here's what the psalmist is saying. I was able to see from God's perspective their end, and their end was was not good. You know, um, they are living what I would call their best life now. And no matter how good it is, no matter how bad it is, those that reject God and His truth, they're living their best life now. Because when you look at their end, it is an end of destruction, and and not destruction in the sense of annihilation. You know, when somebody says, uh, she destroyed my life, or he destroyed my life, or that uh, that organization destroyed my life, they're not saying that they annihilated them. They're saying that they really messed their life up, and that's what this means here. They face uh, destruction. Destruction is God's eternal judgment, and so they're living their best life now. On the other hand, True believers are living their, and I'm going to put this in quotation marks, worst life now. Now, our worst life now... As true believers, is a life of peace, and, and it is a life of, of joy, and it is a life of confidence in God, and, and so on. But, but our circumstances may be bad, but I want to tell you, the very best life that a Christian has right now, a follower of Christ, is their worst life now, because by comparison to their end, it is the worst life, because it gets way better in, in eternity. Do you follow what I'm saying here? Do you follow? A true believer is living their worst life now. It gets better and better and better. But a non-believer is living their best life now, and it'll never get better apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll get worse, much, much worse. And so the uh, psalmist understood that. Well, let me 
rush on now. So he acknowledges in verses 21 and 22 that he slipped into the wrong perspective. He says, when my heart was embittered and and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you, God. He says, I I slipped for a minute. I, I, I got all confused there. I lost perspective, your perspective. But then, I love the rest of this this psalm. It says in verse 23, Nevertheless, I am continually with you, God. You have taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel you will guide me, and afterward receive me to glory or to honor. Whom have I in heaven but you? And beside you I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of you all your works. Did you hear that? A true believer has God's reassuring presence in the midst of all of this mess. And not only His presence now, but the assurance of His presence forever beyond this life. This life is Brief at best, and it is it is preparation for eternity. We are all headed through the doorway of death to one of two destinations, either heaven or hell. And I don't care if you be- I do care, but it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It's true. Your belief or unbelief doesn't make it so. God makes it so. We're all going to die. Death is a doorway to eternity, and we'll spend eternity either in heaven or in hell. On the next podcast, I'm going to talk about those two destinations as God talks about it in the Word of God. I hope that you'll come back, and I hope that this one has been an encouragement to the hearts of true believers and perhaps even a warning to those who not, not yet are following Jesus Christ. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.